Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy. I'm so happy that you're here on this very last Friday of September. We just keep moving on. It's almost October, which means it's starting to feel like fall, probably where you are. We have a little bit longer here in Austin, Texas, so we start to feel like it's fall. But I do love this time of year so much. And today's show, it is such a good show. I am so happy to have my friend Jackie Hill Perry back on the podcast. She was just on this summer. It's crazy because we replayed her show from her very first time on for a Flashback Friday episode. And so I hope you had a chance to listen to the first time she was on. And now she's back again. Jackie has a new book that just released recently called Holier Than Thou, How God's Holiness Helps Us Trust Him. And I devoured this book. I loved it so much. And we had such a great conversation today about what is holiness? What does it mean? What does it mean that God is holy? How do we as people try to be holy? And then we also talked about Big Brother. And that's super fun because Jackie's the one that got me into watching Big Brother this season. Before we get to the conversation with Jackie, I want to tell you two things. Number one, she mentions at the end of the conversation about her events that she's been doing called Glory. And they look amazing. I have not had the chance to be at one, but I've sat under Jackie's teaching a lot of times and know she's one of my favorite Bible teachers. Well, she's got one of her last events of the Glory Conference is in Atlanta, October 1st and 2nd. So if you live close to Atlanta, highly recommend you checking out getting tickets for that. And then you guys, right around the corner, we are so right around the corner from my kids' book. God Made You to Be You, releasing into the world. It comes out on October 5th. I'm so incredibly excited about this book coming into the world because I really believe it's going to be a great resource for parents to have in reading with their kids. It's geared towards kids ages two to six. I'm going to send Jackie's girls one as well so she can read it to them. But it really, it's a book helping our kids understand that we each have a purpose, that God made us to be who we are because he has a purpose for our life. And I want young kids to know that and believe that. So you can get that book wherever you buy books. And I'd love it if you went ahead and pre-ordered it. It's super helpful to authors when you do that. And if you want any other kind of information about the book, go to jamieivy.com slash kids. All right, friends, here is my conversation with Jackie. Jackie Hill Perry, welcome back to the happy hour. Thanks, Jamie Ivy. Glad to be here. I feel like we just chatted this summer because we did a little flashback Friday and we brought your episode from 2018 back this summer. So you actually might be some people's like they might be new to you if they just started listening to the happy hour soon and they don't know who Jack. I don't know how they wouldn't know who Jackie Hillberry is, but it is what it is. <laughs> so welcome back to the happy hour. Uh, I'm glad to be here. As I said earlier, you're my favorite interviewer. And I'm not just saying that because we're friends. I actually believe it. 
You're so nice. The yeah, other you're day, you're oh, so you're kind. Thank you. Thank you. The other day I was saying something. I don't know even what I was saying. And I said, my friend, Jackie, and someone went, are you talking about Jackie Hill Perry? I said, yeah. They're like, why don't you just say my friend, Jackie Hill Perry? I was like, well, I don't call her Jackie Hill Perry and I don't look like I'm name dropping, but you know, my friend, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're legit friends. We're, we're legit friends. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, welcome back to the happy hour. And you have a book that just came out called Holier Than Thou, How God's Holiness Helps Us Trust Him. And I was, I've been diving into this book. In fact, I started it last night while I was getting my tattoo work done. And so I, oh, it was her. It was painful. It was good to have you in my ears. I was listening to you read it. But I know the work that you put into this because we've been talking over the last couple of years. And every time I talk to you, you would say, I'm writing about the holiness. I'm reading about holiness. I'm studying holiness. Why holiness? Where did this come from? I think just a curiosity. I naturally just have a curiosity about the nature and the doctrine of God and especially what that has to do with my faith. And so holiness is kind of like a big theme in the Bible. And so I was just, I was wondering about it. And I think one of the scriptures that really incited some thought was Jeremiah 2, where God is speaking to Israel and he says, what wrong or what injustice have you found in me that you left me and went after worthlessness? I was like, wow, God is bringing his moral purity to Israel's attention as the reason why idolatry is ridiculous. And so I think starting from that, it was just like, okay, let me read everything that there is about holiness and let me study the scriptures to really see this connection between God's holiness and our faith. Okay, so let's set the the kind of foundation here as we talk in, as we dive into talking about holiness. What is whole like what's a working definition of holiness? Yeah. Well, the root word of holiness is to cut or to separate. So it really is this idea of separateness. The way we see that expressed in God or revealed in God is that he is set apart for two reasons. One, because he's morally pure. I mean, he's righteous. He's ethical. He does no wrong. He does not sin. And sometimes definitions of holiness can just only center on the moral purity of God and his righteousness. But he's also set apart because he's transcendent, meaning God exists differently than us. One of the easiest ways to understand that is to remember Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. How? Did he ask anybody for help? Did he ask anybody for wisdom? Did he need Einstein to give him the plan or the blueprint for the world? No, he had all power and all wisdom and all resources within himself to create a world, which also entails and means that he himself is uncreated. That already sets him apart from everything that exists. So yeah, that's holiness, that God is totally set apart from everything. You know, you're talking here at the beginning of the book, about how you say this, you say the call to a holy life has commonly presented God's hatred of sin as a primary incentive of purity in contrast to exalting God himself as the reason. And you said you kind of grew up with this kind of understanding. Like we would think God's holiness is like law and mean and rage. And it couldn't, that couldn't be more true. So separate those two things for us and talk about like, how did you even work through separating the way you grew up thinking about maybe God's holiness versus to now? Yeah, because I mean, the church I grew up in It's not even like it was an overly legalistic church. I think it's true to talk about and use God's righteousness as a motivation for our own righteousness, right? right? Uh Be holy for I am holy. But I think to overemphasize it can have us, I think, seeing God's holiness and God himself through this framework that is primarily negative. So it is God is holy because he hates my sin. God is holy because he judges sin. Mm -hmm. God is holy. Therefore, he sends people to hell. That's a really, it's true. Right. 
but is that all there is? Mm -hmm. And I think if that is the only way that we see God, it is going to definitely, what's the word? It's definitely going to mess with the way we interact with God. And so I think what started to change it is by really looking at the whole counsel of God, which is, okay, let's flip this around. If God is holy, that means he can't sin. Mm -hmm. Got that. But it also means that he can't sin against me. That that opens up the door really wide to say, oh, if God can't sin against me, that means that all of his dealings towards me are good. All of his words towards me are wise and perfect. Even what he allows and does is rooted in his unalterable righteousness that already changes the way I want to pray now. That Mm -hmm. changes the way I want to engage with people. That changes the way I want to engage with the scriptures. So that's kind of mind altering because it, it changes the what you think about this very harsh God upstairs dealing with us to someone who you said he can't sin against us. So everything he does for us and to us is therefore good. Literally good. That's Literally. a paradigm shift. It's a paradigm shift. And it makes me wonder, we see a lot of people who maybe grew up in Christian homes or they grew up and they had a faith. And all of a sudden they're like, I'm out. I'm done with this Christianity. This just came to me. I was wondering, would that be them? altering their view of God's holiness, because it would kind of go back to that paradigm shift of if God is this good God, then how could he do quote unquote bad things, send people to hell, judge us, send his son to die on the cross. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense what I'm saying? So is it maybe they're changing their view of God's holiness? So basically the question is, is it possible that those who leave the faith or leave church have a different perspective on holiness because of their bad experiences in church or the world and really suffering. When you did that paradigm shift while ago, which is so good for all of us to realize like, okay, if God is holy, that means he can't sin against us. That means he can't hurt us. That means he can't harm us. But there are so many conversations right now that are happening that how could a good God do this? Right. To me, that feels like we don't have an adequate view of God's holiness if that's where we stand. Would Mm. that be true? Sure. Because I think our tendency is to define or judge the nature of God on the basis of what we experience in the world. Right. Which is a really bad way because Jesus, he is the one that reveals God. He has made him known. So Jesus has the right to define God. He says to the rich young ruler, why do you call me good? Only God is good. And so that means if that is the standard, if that is the anchor by which I root my faith, then it's God is good even when everything is bad. Mm. God is good even when everything is chaotic. God is good even when there's suffering in my world and suffering in the world. I cannot allow my circumstances to define the nature of God because if and when I do, that means that the nature of God will always be mutable. He will always be changing according, like his, my definitions of God will always change because my world always changed, right? And so I think that's natural. I think it's natural to say, Well, this is what I see. Mm -hmm. So if I see all this evil in the world, what does that say about a sovereign God? But it's like, man, either the scriptures are true Mm -hmm. or they aren't. Yeah. You know, you talk about that, like it would always be changing. You say that in the chapter, holy, holy, holy. You say there are times when our conversations around the holiness of God make it seem as if holiness is a part or a piece of God that God moves in between attributes when deciding how to be. And I think that's something that can be confusing for people as well. They're like, oh, it's a part of him. Mm-hmm. But you're saying he can't be anything but this, that he is holiness. Yeah. To say that God is holy is to say that God is God. 
it's literally who he is. And I, I think we see a practical way in which we think God kind of moves in between attributes is the way we talk about the New Testament and the Old Testament, mm-hmm. where it's like Old Testament, you know, you got Korah where the ground opened up and swallowed the whole. You got Sodom and Gomorrah. You got a whole bunch of stuff. You got the judgment that was happening on the Egyptians. Like God was really wrathful, like vengeful in the Old Testament. Like you see his holiness there. Mm-hmm. But the New Testament, we got Jesus. So it's we got love grace, and so happiness love, and grace. Yeah. And we got patience. And it's like, no, in the Old and the New Testament is the same God. And so it isn't that throughout the centuries, God is changing the way he reveals himself. Is that, no, we're seeing all of it because there was grace in the Old Testament too. For example, when God judged the Egyptians, why wasn't Israel judged? Is it because they were, were they more righteous? No. <laughs> God was compassionate on Israel at the same time when he was vengeful towards Egypt. You see David after he has inappropriate well, really, sex, which was an abuse of his power. Mm-hmm. God comes we to can David say and says, rape. We can say that. Yes. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a consensual situation. Right. <laughs> when you see Nathan come to David and say, hey, like, you're not going to die because of that. That's compassion. That's mercy. So you see compassion and mercy all the time in the Old Testament. We just don't have the framework to look for it. Mm, That's so good. You know, a lot of times we talk as, well, I want to do this first, which I'll talk about uh, sanctification and striving for our own holiness. You talk in the book about Isaiah and Peter, both encountering God. Isaiah in the Old Testament, the verses that we've all heard before. (laughs) And then Peter, when he encountered Jesus as well. And you say that the proximity created a moral self-awareness and confession. What does that mean for us today when we encounter a holy God? And because we don't have this framework of actually seeing Jesus Mm -hmm. encounter us in our work life. And we don't have this framework of what happened in the Old Testament with Isaiah. We don't, maybe some people around the world do. I hope that they have seen, you know, Jesus for sure. I believe that, but we, most of us haven't. And so what does that mean for us? Like when we encounter a holy God, it should bring what out of us? Yeah, man, that self-awareness is crazy. Well, I think one, the word does it, you know, the word is a two-edged sword revealing motives community does it. We're in the presence of a holy people, whether through their observations and their discernment say, hey, sis, I saw you kind of talk a little crazy to somebody right there. You might want to go to the Lord about that. That's a kind of holy situation where Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is revealing something that's been hidden. And it's painful to experience that. I think it's painful and it humbles you to know that you're not as good Mm. and not as perfect and not as this morally pure person that you might want to project yourself to be, especially when you are a leader in ministry or somebody, you know, has a platform who says all this good stuff and somebody say, oh, but right there, though, (laughs) you know. And so I think it's a good thing, though. I think it's a mercy conviction is because who would we be if God did not use the spirit, use the church and use the word to tell us who we are really so that we can bring that to God and he can make us more like himself. It's mm. good news. For it's us real good there. news. It's good news. And the spirit, the church and his word. Those are the three things you said. Yeah. And really the spirit works in both those means. So yeah, sure. I always say if, and when dear God, hold me close. I make it to the end faithfully yeah. following Jesus. Yeah. It'll be because of his word and his people and the spirit's working in there, you know, so we'll give that to the spirit working through that. For sure. It's a fact. Without him, none of it works. None of it works. 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Okay, so let's talk about this. Like we desire to be holy, you know, like, you know, 
to pursue holiness. We say that a lot. Like we want to, I always say like, I want to look more like Jesus every day. Like that's a goal, right? I want to pursue this holiness. And we see that through sanctification. And, and you're talking here about like getting a holy vision. When I think about like, when I'm reading your book and you're talking about holiness of God, like I'm like, well, crap. I mean, <laughs> I'm out, you know, which that's just, that's kind of a dramatic thing. But there is this sense of like, man, I'm striving to look more like Jesus and I keep messing up. How do we as believers keep pushing towards that sanctification, keep pushing towards that holiness, even though on this side of heaven, we won't ever have that yeah. perfection. But what does that pursuing holiness do for us? Yeah, what it should not do is produce self-centered shame. Right. Which is, I am so aware of my imperfections that it's actually keeping me from moving. You know, it's where I, I'm stuck in the self-pity and I'm stuck in the awareness. The truth is we are to say, oh man, I'm not as patient as I want to be. I'm not as self-controlled as I want to be. But look to Jesus, mm -hmm. the founder and perfecter of your faith, but also be reminded that God has begun a work in you and he will finish it. Jude 124, my favorite verse, to him who is able to keep us from falling, hear this, and present us faultless. And so even on that last day, Jesus's blood is so sufficient and so powerful that when we stand before God, we will stand before him as if we have never done anything ever before in our life. Why? Not because we're standing in our own righteousness, but because we're presented in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so I think how you keep yourself from being discouraged is really stop looking at yourself and look at the work that Jesus has done and is continuing to do through you and in you. I love it. I love it. And it is this idea, even as we think about like what that would be like on that day, you know, that Jesus has done that for us. It puts in me a desire to want to pursue holiness. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make me be like, well, good news. Like that whole like free pass that we all got when we were in high school. Like, I think I got mm -hmm. saved 17 times at, you know, youth group. <laughs> I know you did it, but did you get saved at youth group 17 times? No, I got saved maybe three or four times. Cause I would go to like these revivals. After your bedroom thing? No, before. Oh, before. No, okay, that was okay. the real salvation. That's what so I, I, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just kept saying the sinner's prayer over and over and over again. Cause I just yeah. thought that I thought that was the thing. Me too. And then they would say like, I mean, what if you were to die in a car wreck tonight? And then I definitely put my hand up. I'm like, well, let me just make sure I got this right one last time. You heard that before, exactly. right? Yeah. It's always the judgment wrath. You don't want to go to hell. You know, when your eyes go to sleep. I just, you know. But the opposite of that is what I'm saying is like this idea of remembering like the, this holy God that we follow and that what he has done for us through the cross, it puts in me a desire to pursue holiness, hmm. to pursue striving for that. And so I think that's something also helpful for the person who's listening, who's like, I want to pursue holiness, to rethink on what God has done for us. You know, I think a lot of times people's vision and view of God is distorted based on their own reality, based on their yeah. own past, based on their personal experiences with people. And you can tell as much as your story as you want, but I don't think you grew up with your dad in your home. Am I right? No. Yeah. Right. And so there's a lot of times people who have this distorted father figure, earthly father figure, have a distorted heavenly father figure. And so we talked about earlier that God cannot sin against you. So there's hope that God cannot be the same as your earthly father, earthly figure in your life. How have you fought against that? How have you walked through separating those two things? 
Because I hear that a lot from people is like, I don't trust God because I've always been hurt or how could I be loved, you know? And it is a, a faulty view of the holiness of God, but still we have to work through it. It is. And I think that's typical for everybody is even if it isn't, you know, a father, it's a friend or a mother or a coworker, all the things. And I think it's because we have a tendency to somehow project the nature of everyone else onto the nature of God, mm. which is to say that when we think about him, we think about him as if he is in the same class as everybody else. Right. When he's not, he does not share my father's nature, my coworker's nature, my, the person who sexually abused me nature. And so already just having a real theological understanding of who and what God is has to determine the way I treat him and deal with him and understand him. It's like, no, God is different than everybody else. He is not a sinner. <laughs> He was not born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Mm -hmm. That is humanity, right? And so I think working through that is getting in the Bible and saying, you know what? Let me study about God, right? Because I really do think, Jamie, is that one of our generation's problems is that we have a superficial understanding about the Bible, where uh -oh. we open it up and we get into it and we want to learn about ourselves. We want to do our little Devo and we want to move on with our day. And then we wonder why we struggle with faith. It's mm -hmm. because we have not opened up the Bible to learn about the God that it explains. And so I think part of doing the work is not just confessing, I don't trust God, but also going into the scriptures and saying, okay, let me find reason to trust him. Mm. And you have 66 books worth of that. <laughs> And so that's how you handle it. Mm. But not only that, let me add, praying for the power to trust now what you read. Mm. Because you got cast like the Pharisees. They knew the Torah front and back. You got the demons saying, hey, we believe God is one too. But they don't believe it to the point that it changes the way they live. And so it can't just be, okay, Jesus is the bread of life. Let me make a cool caption about that. It has to be, no, I am the bread of life. Whoever believes me shall never thirst. Whoever comes to me shall never hunger. You're not going to come if you don't believe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so yeah. I think it's both. Okay. The problem with Christians not getting the word I'm with you. I mean, I'm here. I'm trying to think of how we can talk about this because I think that there are so many other options, quote unquote, to feel like you're in the word. Yes books. I mean, I literally will rave about this book because it is so good and is so important for us to read things like this, but this is not God's word. Right. You know, podcasts, which we both enjoy and create sermons, which we mm -hmm. both listen to and love. So why is it that people are substituting fake word for the word? Is it easier? Is it more convenient? Is it, I mean, yeah. This probably isn't a new phenomenon by any means, but I would say right now in our current culture, you could spend your entire day listening to things about the word and never listen to the word. You're absolutely correct. Technology. I think everything you said is true. I think it's easier and it's convenient. And to a certain degree, a lot of the resources or the content that we consume, they have kind of done the work uh -huh. for us. Yeah. And so it's like, hey, if I could just listen to Jamie, I'd be break down John 3. Mm -hmm. I don't got to pull out commentaries and look yeah. at the Greek and go to cross references. And I think the danger in that is one, I think it sets you up for false teaching. 
Mm. because it means that you haven't built up the muscle Mm -hmm. to learn how to work through a text by yourself with you, the Holy Ghost and your community. You're always depending on upon people with platforms usually to do it for you, which means that any person with a platform can come along and teach you something and you won't even know how to discern if what they're saying is actually true or biblical. And so I think even for women, that's a higher temptation because I really do believe that we believe the lie that we are not as theologically able or as able to like theologically like wrestle through stuff Mm -hmm. like men are Mm -hmm. because we're not pastors, some Mm -hmm. of us, or because we're not in seminary. And it's just like, no, that's a lie. (laughs) Like we have a brain, we have the ability to reason and have logic and we have the Holy Ghost Mm -hmm. who is the one who illuminates the scriptures for us. And so Mm -hmm. we are more than able and more than capable to go deep. We don't have to just read Proverbs 31. We can get a revelation too. Okay. The whole book of Jude. If you want to go through that with Jackie. Exactly. It's possible. It takes work, but it's possible. It is possible. How's seminary going for you? Speaking of further learning. Yeah. It's interesting because I I told Preston last week, it feels like I'm a part of a class that I'm not necessarily included in. What do you mean? So, for example, I have a class that's about communication Uh and all of the examples and even all of the pronouns are geared towards White men? Just men, because I'm the only woman in the class. And so the expectation is that all the men in the class will be pastors with congregations. And so it just kind of feels... Did they ever acknowledge this, that you're in there and like that you're the only woman? Is like the elephant in the room or is it like, you know, all you guys and Jackie? Like, I don't know. (laughs) It feels elephant-like. Okay. Yeah, no. It's, hey guys, when we're pastors, hey guys, when your wife... Hey guys, <laughs> so that's it's a strange experience, but I think in general, I really enjoy learning at a higher level because I just felt like I hit the ceiling on what I could do by myself. You know what I'm saying? I think paying somebody per semester kind of gives you some accountability to go deep. <laughs> and you guys, listen, you know, Jackie's got three and a half kids, one on the way, three kids, one on the way, writing books, doing things with Preston, all these things. And tell us how many hours you're taking this semester. Not a lot. Five. That's not a lot. Oh, I thought, what'd you take last semester? Five. Why did I think you were taking like 12 hours? Absolutely not. No, I take two classes a semester. I wanted my Enneagram threeness mm. wants to take way more, but I got some wise counsel. That said, even if it takes a long time, there you go. At least you could be a good mother in the meantime. Because there you go. Okay, I want to talk about something that has nothing to do with Jesus, God, or the. Oh, I was going to say this. I've never said Holy Ghost before. I'm going to start doing that. I've only said Holy Spirit. I love. (laughs) I love because I grew up uh, apostolic. Yeah, it was Baptist. No, it was missionary Baptist, but they function like apostolic people. Okay. And so they just say Holy Ghost. I just am here for this because I've never done it, but that makes some Baptist people get a little nervous. Yeah, some I mean, conservative Holy Ghost. I love it. Okay, Jackie, this is just like my personal conversation that I wanted to have with you, but we'll have it on air. You're the one that got me watching Big Brother this summer. <laughs> I have not found one other person. Surely there are other people. No one else in my life is watching Big Brother. But yeah. I want to ask you, this show's been on forever and ever and ever. And I used to watch seasons. it. Yeah, I used to watch it forever ago and I'm back. What's your favorite thing about this season so far? Man, I mean, the cookout, obviously. That's what I was going to say, the cookout. Because I'm like Jamie, legit. I've been watching Big Brother since probably season two. Okay. So I don't know how many years. What's that, 22 years A long ago? time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I was 10. <laughs> and <laughs> You really watched have, it when you were a little girl. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. I've been a fan of this show since forever. And so we have never had this many black people. I'm not going to say people of color, black people in the house at one time. You and mean even total, person, not even left at the final never, six. I mean, total. Never had six. We've yeah. always had at least two. Mm-hmm. And I think even them having the room to have that many people that are apart from the same ethnic group has even allowed people like Tiffany to thrive because somebody like Tiffany would have been voted out episodes ago, primarily because black women come in spaces and because they're aggressive, Mm -hmm. they're automatically intimidating. But she's been able to thrive because she has more people in her Mm -hmm. world that understand who she is and how she is. So I just, that's just... That just we makes me happy. love the cookout so much at our house. I mean, it is like this fun little secret that we're a part like of that nobody else, ever, but people might take him to the end. That's the thing, you know, they should. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we <laughs> love, I love watching it because I'm like, this cookout is so fun because they are creating history really. And they're starting they to are. realize it now during the show is that they are creating history for sure. Yeah. Okay. Jackie, I want to ask you about this. Cause I don't think we talked about that when you were on the summer and remind me if we did about the Bible translation. You're not making a translation. You're reading a Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did we talk about that this summer? I don't think we did. Okay. So tell us about this. Cause I think this is really, really cool. Yeah. So ESV, well, Crossway who publishes the ESV Bible, they are basically putting together a bunch of different voices to create like an audio Bible that's like diverse. And so you have me, you have Ray Ortland, I think Thomas Terry from Humble Beast. And so people can just choose from, hey, if you want the hipster white guy from Portland, the older white guy from Nashville or the black girl that lives in, that's from St. Louis, you get to pick. <laughs> I'm excited because it gives me an excuse to read the whole Bible over and over, but I'm intimidated by the Old Testament in a major way. Like the pronunciation and stuff like that, like just from reading it? Because it's the cities and the names of the cities and the names of the people that it's like, we don't know how to say these things. We just be skipping over them. (laughs) Like when I get to a genealogy and like numbers or something, I'm going to be like, wow, I don't want to do this anymore. But this is going to take you a while. Yes. Well, not that long. I have till April. Well, congratulations. I will choose to listen to the black girl from St. Louis read me the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> or the old white man. Although I do love Ray, but you know, I'm going to go with Ray. Jackie. I love Ray too. Are you doing a Bible study with this book, Holier Than Thou? No, I feel like I should, but I don't really want to. We think you should. I would prefer if somebody created it, aka somebody from B and H or like yeah. created it, and I just look at it and say, "Yeah, good to go." <laughs> I would imagine that they would say yes to that as well. I would imagine. I, I'm not doing nothing. For oh, two years. oh my gosh. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Jackie, okay, I'm always asking people, what are you loving? What are you reading? I know you're watching Big Brother. What are you reading? Is there anything else you impressed in are watching? Is there anything you're loving these days? Hmm. Reading. I've been reading a lot of therapy like books. Okay. Because <laughs> they help me to understand myself. And so Dan Allender has this book, I think it's called The Cry of the Soul, which just talks about our emotions and how not to suppress our emotions, but to kind of interrogate our emotions and how to invite God into that mm. kind of thing. So that's what I'm reading. What am I loving? Sugar. Sugar's totally a thing. Or I could say oat milk. I was sleeping on oat milk for a long time. I like it too. You put it in your coffee? Yeah, because it was scary to me because when I heard oat milk, I'm like, so you just want me to drink a bunch of carbs. <laughs> like that just <laughs> oh, seems yeah. Yeah. unnecessary carbohydrate consumption. But it does taste better. I like than it. Almond. Mm-hmm. So, and then what's the other one? Liking? Just whatever you got that you're loving or liking or reading or watching. I don't know. Watching. I don't know if I can say this on the Jamie Ivey show. It's up to you. You can say anything you want on here, but it's... We've been watching this thing called clickbait that everybody... Oh, someone just showed this to us last night. It looks so weird. I don't like it. Like, because it's bad or because it's it's stressful? It's like an elevated Tyler Perry movie. It's like the acting is like kind of, eh. <laughs> and then like the dialogue is like, eh. But then I feel trapped because I just want to know what happened. And so I told Preston, I was like, I'm so mad because I don't like this show. But you're going but to I watch need, it. I need to know what happened. And so This is the one where the guy is kidnapped and they have to do certain things for his wife to get him back. That's the only premise I know about it. Kind of. He's kidnapped and something happens and they have to figure out who is the person that to something who did the something that happened. OK, basically. Have you seen Coda on Netflix? I have not. Do you know? Have you heard of it? Uh. Uh-uh. It's called it's C-O-D-A and it stands for Child of Death Adult. And so it's not a documentary. I thought I was sitting down to watch a documentary, which was a little weird for me in the beginning because I'm like, mm-hmm. is this real life or no? But it's a story of this high school girl and walking through a, the year before she goes to college and both her parents and her brother are deaf. And so she has to deal with like translate. It's just, I ugly cried. I don't know if you get oh, emotional it's heartwarming. movies. I don't I, like heartwarming. Like I, after it was done, I laid on the couch because I couldn't get off the couch and I straight <laughs> fell asleep because I was done. I was like, I'm so moved by this movie. And then my friend Lindsay and I talked about it the next day and I cried again. Like I just loved it so much. Yeah, I don't like positive movies. But <laughs> <I> can- <laughs> You're going to stay with the clickbait. I like, yeah, I like serial killers, you know, <laughs> psychological thrillers, all those types of things. Very nice. Very nice. Jackie, I love this book. I love you, friend. I'm proud of the work you're doing and can't believe we're having another baby. And I'm so excited for you we and Preston. Jamie, what was your maiden last night? I was about to Beakley. Call- Beakley? Mm-hmm. Ivy's better. Yeah, I know. Ivy's better. <laughs> Jay- yeah, happy I- hour with Jamie Beakley. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's listening to the show and they hear it, listen, I was so bad, Jackie, when I was in high school and college. Like bad as in would have told you I was a Christian, like had had Philippians 413 on the back of my letter jacket, you know, went to FCA, but was ratchet and doing all the bad things. Whenever I meet someone like, oh, I think I went to college with you. I'm like, nope, you didn't. Nope. You did not know me. Other Jamie, not me. I'm so embarrassed. Why are you embarrassed? 
I just wasn't, didn't make good choices. But you know what? I've been regenerated with the Holy Ghost. You have. And people like us who were really, really ratchet pre-Christ. Are you saying I wasn't as ratchet as you? No, you were not. I, I didn't <laughs> you have don't no, know that. I didn't have no Philippians, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go to no youth camps. I was in gay clubs, smoking <laughs> weed, getting drunk, stealing from the mall. Okay, so if we're going to make a chart, you might be a little bit more wretched than me. Yes. But we're both dead in our sin. That's all there is to it. But what I'm saying is, I feel like there's two kinds of Christians. Both sides are useful. You have those who were raised in church and were pretty good, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like, they didn't really get into a lot. And they can sometimes undermine their testimony because they're like, my testimony isn't dramatic. It's like, yeah, but you were Mm -hmm. raised from the dead. And praise God that he preserved you because you don't have the baggage I have. Right. Mm-hmm. But then you got mm-hmm. the folks like us who was just like, Woo, they barely made it. <laughs> but we're able to like connect and relate to the people we meet in our like, I guess, our ministry who feel as if God can't use them mm-hmm. because of their experiences. And so God is sovereign, man. But you know, what's even funny is I got a message on Instagram the other day from a girl that I used to like skip school with and go drink margaritas at Taco Cabana during six period. <laughs> and she works at a Christian school now. And she was like, can you come read your book to my kids? Oh. And like when moments like that, I just go, I'm so insecure sometimes about interacting with people, mm-hmm. which is like literally welcome to my life. That's so dumb because I should be like, look what Jesus has done for me. But I just get embarrassed sometimes mm-hmm. about You know what I mean a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then when she told me that, I just thought, look at God. He is just up to saving all of us crazy people from high school. Redeeming stuff. I ain't got that many people from my school that say, (laughs) but amen. (laughs) Amen. Do you have friends still from your crazy days? I do. A good number of my friends are people I've known since fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. And it's since you started watching Big Brother. (laughs) It's funny. It's (laughs) funny to have relationships with you that knew you before and after. Yeah. Because I, to a certain degree, you feel like you can be yourself because you know both sides mm-hmm. versus the person who only met you as a Christian. There's a part of you that they just don't know or understand. I yeah. can't explain it. It's so true, though. And letting them see that new you is really, really cool. Well, Jackie, thanks for coming back on the happy hour. You guys go get this book, Holier Than Thou, How God's Holiness Helps Us Trust Him with the forward by the Charlie Dates. Hey. He's very filled with the Holy Ghost. He's very filled with the Holy Ghost. And he reads a foreword on the Audible book, which I did uh, not know that. Does he? Yeah. You didn't know this. So I just told you right now. I did not know. (laughs) I started listening to it last night when I was getting my tattoo. And I was like, at first I thought, why does Jackie have a guy reading her book? And then I realized it's Charlie reading. I asked asked them if they could do that like because uh-huh. i was like i can't read his words it has his right like, cadence. that feels weird but they i they never confirmed that that happened hey man good he said such great things too oh yeah he said i read this book and wanted more of god i wasn't ready for the bliss that found me here it is read it and wait for joy that's the goal love it all right jackie have a great day thanks for coming back on the happy hour all right jamie
All right. I know you love Jackie. And if you're watching Big Brother, I'd love to hear who you want to win this season as well. I just am such a fan of the cookout and cannot wait to see who wins this show. Guys, don't forget, God Made You to Be You, the book I wrote specifically for the young kids in your life, comes out October 5th. You can get it wherever books are sold. I would love it if you got it early. And if you do get it early, we have a couple of special thank you gifts we'd love to give you. One of them, which is super cute, are coloring pages about the characters that you can print out for your kids. So go to jamieivy.com slash kids to order your book there and to redeem your pre-order. Guys, don't forget Jackie's book, Holier Than Thou. It's out in the world. I highly recommend it. It's already made bestseller list. And the reason it did is because it is a phenomenal book. So go check that out as well. Thanks so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to bring to you, and every opportunity we get to point us all to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is actually the number one way that people find out about our show because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that make us think, make us laugh, and point us to Jesus. Also, come find me on other places around the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm at Jamie Ivy, And we've been having some fun posting videos on YouTube as well. Sometimes you wish you could see the person I'm interviewing. Well, come over and find us there and you can. JamieIvy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Show notes are written by Abigail Castell. Graphics by Rachel Ray. The show is edited by the team at Podshaper. And I'm your host, Jamie. And I love every single week that I get to be here with you guys. Until next time, have a happy hour with a friend. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.